This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, and give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Hi, this is Jolie Moore. Welcome to 51st Dates, the podcast. This is episode 22. Oh my God, life. So, (laughs) you know, the most interesting thing that happened to me this week was taking a COVID test, not because I thought I was positive, but so that I could hang out with other people who took COVID tests so that we could all be negative together, but in a room without masks. Okay. Um, I, there are three people in my life who seem to understand human relationships. I have a lot of friends and the fact that there's only three is, you know, not so great. Um, But I love these three. Um, One is my therapist, um, one is a really, really great friend of mine, and one is my hairdresser, whom I've known for, oh my god, 13 years? 14 years? Jeez, it's so long. Um, She was probably my age when uh, I met her. So I have a thing for pretty faces. Um, my therapist, my therapist, sorry, my hairdresser and I were, um, I was getting my hair extensions done, um, because I've let everything else go, but I can't let my hair go because I'm vain like that. Um, so, you know, mask, shield, hair. So we were sitting, um, well, in my house, because I don't think you can have your salons open, even her salon only has one chair. And, um... I have a picture on my one of my bookcases of my grandmother's family. So my grandmother was born in 1920. She's the oldest of nine, or she's actually the second of ten, but the oldest child died in a fire. So she's the oldest of nine. And she has some very good-looking brothers. And we were looking at the picture. It was a family picture that was really controversial because nobody wanted to be in it. And then when it was done, everybody wanted one. So it's my grandmother, all her siblings, and my great-grandparents who were born in like 1894 and 1896. And um, and I actually knew them because they died later. My great-grandfather died when I was 16. Um, so he was in my life for the first 16 years. What was interesting is that, so my hairdresser looks at the picture and she goes, so those guys are hot (laughs) and I look at it and I go they are I said you know I had one um great uncle who people called doll rather than his real name which was William um because he was so good looking um even as a child and he got all this attention and he always had women doing his bidding um my grandmother and her siblings were close so they were always always around and I was always there too and it was interesting because she looks at me and she goes So you have a thing for pretty guys because I was showing her a picture of a couple of the guys um, in this book. And she was like, (laughs) she saw a picture, to be honest, of Thunderbolt. And she was like, oh, he's good looking. He's really good looking. She's like, 
oh my god he's really good looking I'm like yeah I know um that's why I have a weakness for him and she was like was your grandfather was your grandfather really good looking and I'm like he was not because my grandmother had to marry him because she got pregnant but she promptly divorced him and married somebody else who um was really good looking and she sort of liked that about him he didn't have to have a lot of excellent other excellent traits but he was good looking and then I realized that I remember bringing home like different guys um over the years um to meet my grandmother when I was in New York City and she was always like he's cute he's cute I think she even felt up my college boyfriend <laughs> I love old ladies because I can get away with anything um but once she my hairdresser pointed that out she was like so maybe you rightly inherited this predilection you have to only date people who are really good looking and um I thought that was interesting because I never have thought about it. So I am not a master of feelings, I'm sure as you can see, or a master of relationships. And apparently, like from all the books I'm reading, other people get it. I don't get it. Other people get it. I um, said to a friend this week, clearly, like, I'm like living on the island of misfit toys, which is like a Bass Rankin reference for those who love claymation. And... Other people clearly understand relationships and feelings and all of that. This is not my strong suit. I'm a thinky person, not necessarily a feely person. And I felt certainly, in a sense, liberated. I was like, oh, maybe this is like a family trait handed down along with other ones that I'm only interested in dating people who have really, really pretty faces. Um... But as I think about what I might want, in a long-term sense, I'm starting to, I, okay, I'm always starting to think that that should not be a criteria because that's honestly, like, what is that? That's like genetics. <laughs> um, but it's a thing that I really struggle to let go of. So um, we'll see. I'm Maybe we'll get vaccinated soon. Maybe it's going to be another roaring 20s. And I sort of can't wait, in a little sense, to get back out there. And because I think I can meet my person. I'm sure they're out there. There's like a whole bunch of people in the world. And I only need to meet one. So uh, let's get into um, chapter 21 of uh, 50 First Dates. Chapter 21. They're just not that into me. April 21. The best thing about traveling a lot? I have friends all over the world. When one of my favorite author friends said, let's go to a writing conference in Italy, I said yes, nine months in advance. I knew I'd be in the middle of a divorce. I had no idea what that would look like, but I said yes anyway. So despite the logistics of navigating a divorce and temporary custody arrangements, I flew to Italy and went to the conference. What can I say? Italy was wonderful. I made friends with new authors and got to hang out with other authors I don't see as often. I got to have genuine Italian Prosecco and other lovely wines and pasta and such great food. I got to walk through cobblestone streets and take beautiful pictures of medieval buildings. I even took an hour out of my day to buy a classic car guy the official Italian soccer jersey that he wanted. In the two weeks I was away, though, I had a lot of time alone to think. 
Long plane rides and even longer walks through various European cities will do that to a writer. The conclusion of all this thinking? None of the guys I'm dating is that into me. Not a single one. A few weeks ago, I was looking at the stack of relationship and dating books a friend had sent. There sat probably 3,000 pages of advice. Occasionally, I'd flip through one or another, but I didn't have the wherewithal to delve into any of it. I could already conclude that reading all of those pages wasn't going to answer the question of what I was looking for, how to figure out what I was looking for, whether or not I could find it once I figured it out, or how to identify the it if I found it. Then a little niggle started in the back of my head. I remember seeing Greg Barrent on Oprah. He and Liz Tuccio were promoting their book, He's Just Not That Into You. It came out during the feverish time dating and sex were on everyone's mind as we tuned into Sex in the City Weekly. While I was trying to unsnarl all of this dating in my mind, I realized that I needed to read that book. I never read it because I had been married to someone who wasn't that into me. I realized I needed to request it from the library because I had zero idea what I was doing this time around. I was freewheeling and it wasn't feeling all that good. During my layover before flying back to California, I got a notification that the public library was happily lending me the audiobook. I put it on hold on a whim. He's just not that into you. I downloaded it while on airport Wi-Fi and started listening while waiting for my boarding call. A mere hour in, and it was like a veil had been lifted from my eyes. The universe had put this in front of me at precisely the right time. Because I'd had a furious texting session with Classic Car Guy on Thursday, midnight for me, the middle of the afternoon for him. He'd had some kind of emergency hearing to try to gain back custody of his children. I knew we weren't in that kind of relationship where we shared those kinds of things in detail, but I was worried about him nonetheless. He'd been unusually silent. From someone who sent flirty texts a few times most days, it was out of character. I was even having stress dreams about him being in court, where I woke up in a panic. I hate stress in my own life. I didn't want to think about stress in someone else's. To diffuse my own catastrophic thinking, I reached out and we texted a bit about the stuff that was stressing us out. I'm going to be honest about the social mask I wear. I try to be the good time girl. I have a lot of stress of my own with divorcing someone abusive, sharing custody with that same person who hasn't changed. I have my share of guilt and sadness at having to accept that I lost time with my precious child because I had to leave a situation that was too emotionally scarring to endure any longer. I save discussions about all that from my therapist and best friends. But it's hard keeping up that facade all the time outside of those confessionals, and I let it slip twice in front of Classic Car Guy. The first night I landed, he called me on FaceTime, having just stepped out of the shower. He propped up the phone against his pillow and lay on his very naked stomach while making me laugh and looking sexy while doing it. It was the first time I'd traveled abroad without my son since he'd been born, really, and I was having a hell of a time smiling when I had to contend with the utter quiet that comes when there aren't children. I think I almost cried for a moment before pulling it back together, getting that social mask back up. None of that is important, though, to my revelation. What I realized after texting furiously more than a week after I'd left was that he's not that into me. Whether it's his custody situation or his search for the perfect car or perfect car parts or his physical therapy for a torn rotator cuff, been there, done that, still had time for a life, or his sister or his nephews or, or, or. I'm not that important in his life, and I think I wanted to be. I told him that point blank. His response? Radio silence. I now realize what I want. I want a guy who can't wait to see me, who comes over when he says he will, who calls when he says he will, who even texts when he promises to. 
someone for whom one overnight every other week isn't enough, who doesn't think a few miles are a barrier that can't be overcome. I know that in many ways, classic car guy gives all the signs of someone who wants to be in a relationship, but it's a false assumption on my part because signaling isn't enough to turn it into reality. My plane lands in Los Angeles at seven on a Monday night. If he was into me, he'd want to know that. I wouldn't have to remind him, so I'm not gonna remind him that is. I'm landing and the next day I'll pick up my son, the most precious person in my life, and spend the next two weeks with him. The beauty of having a child is that dating is off the table when he's with me, as it should be at this stage. When I'm alone, like I've been for these couple of weeks in Europe, I've just looked back through the text since Thursday, and you know what? It's me reaching out, sending pictures, trying to control a text, a reaction, something from him. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to make plans. Don't get me wrong, he's sexy as hell and sweet and kind when he's with me, kissing me, holding my hand, making me breakfast, setting up Netflix and making love with me. I feel it, loved. To get to those times feels like sledding uphill though. There is someone else out there, I'm sure of it, someone who is kind and sexy as hell that is. I just haven't met him yet. After I land, that means goodbye today, trader. What is that about? Great conversation? A fun companion for shopping at Irawan? I want someone who can't keep his hands off me. Goodbye to Mr. Irish. I don't even like him that much. As my friend who met him pointed out, he didn't even put on nice clothes to see me. The only person I'm keeping around is Thunderbolt. He's the most honest of them all. He wants uncomplicated sex. I want uncomplicated sex. I'm going to text him now before this plane takes off my 11-hour flight home because I want to have uncomplicated sex when I land with someone who's exactly who he says he is and shows up when he says he's going to. What does it say that he's the most straightforward I've encountered? I had sort of forgotten about that. Um, Italy was great. Um, I've never been to Italy before. Um, I have a list of bucket list countries and Italy's not on it, but I have a friend who lives there. She's, you know, an expat. She's lived there for maybe, I don't know, 20, 25 years, but I mostly see her uh, in San Francisco, in LA, other places. Um, and she's been inviting me to Italy for years. And so she did email me or call me like when I was in Europe nine months before this thing. And she was like, what day would I need to choose to have like a little author get together where you would show up? So I gave her a date nine months in advance. I think it was like, you know, July or something, June. And this was like March or April or whatever. And uh, I gave her a date and then she called me on it and I was like, okay. So I had my assistant, you know, buy tickets to um, Europe, um, which is, you know, obviously easy. You buy your ticket, you get on the plane, they drop you off in Europe. I, I love um, air travel. It's spectacular, fascinating, magical. Um, about these guys, like, I was actually just talking about this today with my hairdresser. She was like, what do you want out of a guy? People always ask me this and clearly I don't have a good enough answer because people keep asking me the question. But one of the things I want is somebody who makes an effort. Um, although that burned me in the ass too, but neither here nor there. But like somebody who, you know, shows up on time and, you know, combs their hair and takes a shower and wears clothes that are not like a holy band t-shirt and like sweatpants that, you know, should be on the giveaway pile. And I just haven't had that. And... um I gotta think I'm worthy of at least like an effort. Like I always put in an effort into how I look and I always show up on time. And I just want somebody to meet me where I am. 
And for some reason, that feels hard. Um, I think one of the things I was saying today to my hairdresser is that I think going forward, I might just have to have fewer dates. Um, I really like the idea of going and like on a different date, like one or two every weekend. It was sort of fun. I like to get out. Um, and so all of that I enjoy. Um, but I, can they not? Like, I, like, I gotta wonder, like, every single one of these guys are like, I don't know why I'm single. And I'm like, do you want me to tell you why you're single? Because you didn't comb your hair, take a shower, get dressed, or show up on time. I bet you that all put together would reduce your chances of being single. Um, but it's as if they want the idea of a date, but they don't want to, I don't even, look, I don't even understand it. My head hurts at thinking about it, to be frank. Um, I just don't get it. But I really want somebody who makes that sort of effort and has like a life and like a job that they enjoy or a passion they enjoy and things they enjoy doing that don't require me. I don't know. It doesn't feel like a lot to ask for. And I think once we get back out there, it won't be a lot to get it. But who can say? We shall see. I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at xojoliemore and on all social media at the same handle, xojoliemore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.